politics has never been stranger or more online, which is why the politics team at Wired is making a new show, Wired Politics Lab. It's all about how to navigate the endless stream of news and information and what to look out for. Each week on the show, we'll dig into far-right platforms, AI chatbots, influencer campaigns, and so much more. Wired Politics Lab launches Thursday, April 11th. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Adam! That's not my name. Oh. Okay. Travis? Yes. Guys, it's been one I can't I cannot believe this. I have PTSD. It's been one year that we've been doing this show. Yeah, it's our one year anniversary. Yeah. It's been one year, and uh, what better thing to do than listen back to all the insane stories we've heard? Adam, have you learned anything since we started doing this show? Um, I learned to cry better. <laughs> you know, one of the things I've learned is is how willing people are to really tell stories in some cases that are not so easy to talk about because they feel comfortable because they're in a shame-free zone, and boy... We are pretty shame-free. We're also <laughs> shameless, but we're pretty shame-free here. True. Travis? Uh, I've learned that there are scams for everything just under the sun at this point. Yeah. I guess that's that's pretty much my takeaway, too. I mean, the it's, three of us have been scamming each other for an entire year now. <laughs> yeah, but so, that's, hey. that's very different. And, and I've gotten used to it, so I just have a whole different bank account and and uh, financial thing that i have going on outside of stuff you guys know about so well, well, that's, that's because the, kenneth the bear has been stealing fruit and vegetables for you and selling them at outrageous prices now that food prices have gone up so at I, the farmer's market yeah he's a yeah. real scoundrel <laughs> we should just make a kenneth the bear t-shirt I ktb think. first there was cozy bear then there was, what's the yeah, other there's, bear? There's BTS. We have KTB. What are those things? BTS, you know, the pop rock group from Asia. Oh, BTS. Please. They just went on hiatus, though, so forget those guys. <gasps> what are the bears? We could do, first there was Cozy Bear, then mm-hmm. there was Fancy, Fancy bear. bear. Fancy Bear. But they were nothing compared to Kenneth the Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. That voice sounded a little higher than Travis's voice now. No. No, this is Bo. I'm right here. Hi. If that's Bo, what's the name of your bear? I think it's Kenneth. Oh, okay. Cool. 
I'm so confused. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't have to move to the country like you and hang out with bears and tractors. I'm sitting at home. It's a Sunday. It's a nice day. I'm out in Connecticut. Sun is shining. I don't know if the sun was shining. Birds are flying around because they're always flying around. Kenneth the bear was somewhere in the woods. Kenneth the bear. We also heard from a lot of people whose Instagram accounts got hacked this year. Frankly, I feel like this is the year of the Instagram account hack. Yeah, true. Mm -hmm. I mean, and they were all Turkish. It's sort of like my, and my favorite snack comes from Turkey too. I like those dried apricots, but- An apricot? Um, apricot, but I'm getting tired of the, the these dried Instagram accounts. <laughs> I think this, they sort of suck. We heard at least- three stories of people who is, whose Instagram accounts were stolen? John Jupiter's Instagram account was hacked. Yeah. My situation seems a little different than some of the other people's situation. If, if I was going to details, my phone kept, I was going on Instagram and it was, a, it was giving me these warnings that I was doing something Instagram like wasn't fond of. Okay, so now, are you on Instagram for fun, or are you on there for work, or both? I would say definitely it's it's probably work-related for me, a lot of work relation. But I also enjoy Instagram, just like anybody else. And I also, weirdly enough, has it's become more of a platform for me to communicate with people than even texting has been. Um, I have a lot of accounts I work with all over the country. Well, I'll take that back, all over the world. And, you know, because of the time differences and things like that, you know, a lot of the accounts I work with, you know, Instagram has become a great platform because I can say, oh, a beautiful new store image or this is great or that's great. They can respond. I can direct message them. And it's actually become one a great tool for me. And then as a photographer, it's a portfolio. But yeah, it so it's very much work related for you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I love all the funny videos, but I would say 80% of it's work for me. Well, it's really a chronicle. I mean, that that's what it is. You know, I was kidding my wife the other day. I said, you know, in the old days, someone would keep a journal. They would lock it, hide it, and die if they thought someone saw it. And today, Instagram is that journal for everyone. But the weird thing about it, Adam, is also people like, like John um, and Guinevere, um, just to mention too, I mean, Guinevere gets tons of leads for work. I mean, they are sent to other people when they come to her, but th there is a lot of communication about work happening on Instagram, a lot, especially in, among creatives. Lisa Seifert also suffered through a hack of her Instagram. You had an unfortunate experience on Instagram, which as I understand, hasn't even been resolved yet. So I am, my Instagram page is private. And I didn't think something like this could happen to me because it was private. But I got a message saying uh, it looked all very, very, very official. Uh, like, I didn't think I could be fooled. Like, I, I bought it hook line, hook, line and sinker. And it was a message saying that um, we've gone over your page and we've come to the decision to make your to verify your page. Just hit the link below which looked like an official Instagram link. Hit the link below and just put your email and then your phone number. I'm so, I feel so stupid saying that. But, and then, and then check your emails or something like this, right? So I freaking mm. did it. 
And the next minute I get a WhatsApp message <laughs> from some creepy man in Turkey sending me a picture of a screenshot of my Instagram page. And I'm like, wow, this is so confusing. Who is this person? Right. And then he was like, bro. And I was like, who is this? And then I looked into my Instagram and I couldn't get in. And I'm like, wait, did you steal my Instagram? And he's like, yes. <laughs> That's pretty straightforward. <laughs> and like anytime I would. <laughs> well, at least he was direct. Any, he was very direct. And anytime I tried to like recover it, because you can like, you know, hit a button to recover your email or something like this and change the password, it would just straight go to his email yeah, and his yeah. phone number. We're familiar, we're familiar with the hack. Um, so what did, did they root around in your messages? Did this person have any, oh, yeah, what did they, they do? He said that he was asking for thousands of dollars. He also said, if you don't pay me, I'm going to, he was already messaging people in my messages and I have that? a lot of like, I think, because okay. he told me. Did your friends tell you? But did any of them tell you? And he would send screenshots of him you. doing that. Uh, mm-hmm. One did. Didn't he mess? Did he message you, Bo? No, right? Yes, he messaged me. That's how I knew you got hacked. Mm. Um, but he was saying anyone that had a like the blue tick, the verification or whatever it's called. Um, sometimes people send their phone numbers, or sometimes people. I mean, I don't send explicit pics to anyone. You can just Google me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're not explicit. <laughs> But I would never do that for this reason in a way, you know. Uh, and he was threatening to release personal information and stuff. But were there people. explicit pictures in there, not yours, of other people? or? Yeah, over, you know, over the course of years, of course. There's, you know, dummies that do that. I still think the one that uh, stuck out to me the most was having a Danadute story about getting hacked by a middle schooler. <laughs> that was fun. That, that was pretty priceless. You're here today to tell us a kind of a very interesting story. And uh, we're all ears on this one. So tell us how this all started. Okay. So a couple of years ago, I had, uh, I had some friends coming over for dinner. And uh, I was going to go cook for them because, as you guys know, I'm a big foodie. And I'm driving back from the supermarket. And I suddenly start getting all these emails. Uh, these emails hey just like uh just confirming you're trying to change your linkedin password just confirming you're trying to change your google password just confirming you're trying to change your facebook password and i get these emails once in a while and i always think it's someone just fishing for a password so i just ignored it right and then i got home and i'm cooking and my buddy matt goldich uh texts me and he says hey i think your twitter has been hacked and i and i go onto my twitter and lo and behold um, you know, every like 10 seconds, it's like an awful, awful, dumb song lyric is just being spat out onto my Twitter. It's like, owner of a lonely heart, much better than an owner of a broken heart. Um, bop, um, 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 bop. You know, it's just like nonstop. <laughs> order of a lonely out heart's song. a good song. I don't know. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> they Anson is the bad. anchovy of bands. <laughs> <laughs> See, that would actually be me on my Twitter account. So therefore, I <laughs> yeah. wouldn't notice anything different, <laughs> right. you know? Well, for me, you have to understand, for a comedian especially, Twitter is very important. Right. It's, uh, you know, I, I, I do, I've gotten a lot of business out of my Twitter account. Um, it's your way to promote yourself. I have a, ver I have a verified check mark. You know, it's, it's a big deal for me. It's important. So I start freaking out and I can't get into my Twitter. I'm locked out of my Twitter account. Uh -oh. So I contact Twitter and 
you know, it says uh, someone's going to get back to you. They have like a form response. It's like someone's going to get back to you within five to seven days. Don't you feel the love? Five to seven days? Yeah. That's kind of... They're, that that's pretty instant for them, yeah. Five to seven days. It, it, for me, that would ruin my life. Like this thing, just just twenty seconds of this, I was already hemorrhaging followers. You know, <laughs> five to so seven like, days is crazy. Yeah, you know, there was there was a survey that if you took social media away from people, I think sixty or seventy percent of them said that they would be suicidal pretty much by the you know the first fifteen hours or twenty hours. Yeah. Exactly. That's what that. That's what their plan is, just to hope that you commit suicide so that they don't have to help you. <laughs> so I'm freaking out. I'm like, what am I gonna do here? And um, I get a, and then I get a call from an unknown number, and I'm assuming it's Twitter. And so I pick up. I'm like, hi, this is Dan. And I hear on the other line, Yo, is this uh, this is Dan a dude? I was like, yeah, um, who's this? He's like, yo, hey, what's up, man? I'm, uh, it's me. I'm, I'm your hacker. <laughs> and I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm the guy. I'm the guy who's got your Twitter. Okay, is this like Dude. an old guy, a young guy? Young, young guy. And I'm like, um, how? What do you mean? I was, and, and he just didn't say anything. And I was like, well, can I, can I get it back? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yeah, that's why I'm calling you. So we can, you know, figure out like something that works out for both of us. And I'm like, oh my God, you're extorting me for my Twitter account. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, whoa, you don't have, don't use that word. It's not extortion. I, just, I just want you to pay me money and then I'm going to give you your Twitter account back. It's, oh a, it's, a, it's a creative partnership. So creative partnership that's going to cost you like 10 grand. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, holy cow. Well, first of all, I'm like, all right, before we get into the contract negotiations, how do I know the person that I'm on the phone with right now Mm. is the person who's in in control of my Twitter? It was Adam. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, he goes, oh, that's a good question. Hold on one second. And he starts typing and I hear typing. Uh And he goes, yeah, uh, it looks like uh, your password for everything is Trek11111. True story true story Uh and i'm like oh my god and look it's very here's the thing it's very jarring to have someone you know repeat their secret password to you to hear it out loud in the world this spring get out there enjoy the weather and recapture the magic of riding a bike with electric e-bike an amazing variety of models built for riders of all abilities it's never been easier to fall in love with riding again plus every electric e-bike ships free and only requires quick toolless assembly this is my first ever e-bike and the experience has just been great i was a little bit intimidated at first because i hadn't gone biking in a while but the 500 watt motor that the electric e-bike comes with really gives you a nice little boost especially if you're trying to go uphill or pick up some speed data shows that e-bike riders take their bike out more often that means you get more exercise, more exploration, and wait for it, fresh air. And riding an e-bike isn't like, it's not cheating. It's just making it possible for you to be out there longer on each ride. And speaking of things going a little slower, you can finance electric e-bike for as little as $49 a month. Get into spring with electric e-bikes, the number one selling e-bikes in the nation. Get your adventure started at electricebikes.com. And please mention that What the Hack with Adam Levin sent you in the post-checkout survey. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com 
Let's talk about weight loss. Most of us have been there, struggling with the ups and downs. You lose some weight, then it creeps back. But forget those endless cycles of juice cleanses, soup diets, and the latest fad workouts. There's a better way. The Rope Body Program pairs a weekly weight loss shot with a real lifestyle change so you can lose weight and actually keep it off. Need support? Rose got you covered every step of the way. And guess what? You can do it all from the comfort of your own home. No more doctor's appointments, no more waiting rooms. It's that simple. Ready to take charge of your weight? Head over to row.co slash Adam to sign up today. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in a year. That's with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash Adam. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash A-D-A-M. Well, we also had a lot of, of uh, dating scams. Mary White got catfished on a dating site by someone pretending to be a well-credentialed doctor who was setting up a hospital overseas. This is where it gets tricky, you guys. Okay, this is when you got to really get your antenna up because, um, oh, it's turning out that Customs is holding on to the MRI machine and the X-ray machine, and they need $15,000 to get them. Big ticket Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this guy isn't messing around. And they need $15,000 to get it out of Customs. I'm like, well, gee, that's too bad. You know, sorry to hear it. Um. And he goes, well, is there any way you could help us out? What? You're a, you're a redoctor and you, you have enough money to open up a free clinic, but you can't get your stuff out of customs? Uh, so red flag, right? Red right. flag. I've been doing this long enough. I, can call, I know, red flag. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to see how this plays out. So I told him, oh, gee, I, I wish I could help, but, you know, I just don't have the money. And, and I'm not going to give you $15,000. I don't even know you. Right. But I didn't say that. Just like, sorry, can't help. We continue every morning, every evening. These messages are just lovely. About another week, he's like, oh, you know, things are still stuck in customs. If you can even help us with five grand, because I'm real worried about the equipments. I went, wait a minute. Equipments? Has anyone tried to catfish you recently? And did you rebuff them viciously? <laughs> viciously. <laughs> viciously. No. <laughs> anymore. Anymore. Um, well, obviously, since that last experience, I, um, I don't have anybody remotely like that approaching me anymore. Um, mostly because I got off all the dating sites because they were just a pain in my ass. You know? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, I mean, it's a great way to meet people, but... You know, if you don't meet someone in a couple of weeks, pretty soon all you're doing is handing out resumes, hornier <laughs> and hornier. You know, so don't you be trying to get your hands on my resume. That's right. There's nothing yeah. sexy about that. Uh-uh. Nope. I know exactly. Anyway, so I'm I'm not getting catfished. I'm taking a little break. Uh-huh. Um, I am, however, eating a lot more sugar. So I don't know. Have you guys noticed the correlation between horniness and sugar consumption? Hell yeah. Right? I don't eat sugar, so that must be why my libido committed suicide. I don't know. No, Adam. (laughs) Come on. We also talked with Julie Krafcik of the Datable podcast about romance scams. Dating apps. Are they worth the risk? 
Yes or no? I absolutely believe they are. And again, I've met my partner on dating apps. I've met multiple partners on dating apps. I think you just need to be smart about using them. And like we said, when something feels too good to be true, like second guess it, and then look out for some of these signs. Like you can also even do reverse image searches and there's other ways to see if this person is valid. And uh, yeah, like I think there's always gonna be a risk with anything. You know, I've heard of scams romance scams that didn't involve dating apps that were people that met you know in person in the dog park you never know like if someone's out there trying to target you for some hey. reason <laughs> <laughs> it can happen anywhere though so yes it might be more prevalent on dating apps but I, I really don't want people to feel discouraged to use dating apps because of this we just need to be smarter about how we use them and you know, not having tunnel vision and believing the fairy tale all the time, being realistic. Dating apps are here to stay, especially in the age of COVID and whatever horrendous future pandemics that we may face as a world. So the question is within that which exists, this universe, as opposed to the universe of our yearning youth, Okay, okay. Then I would say go what slow. What advice would go you give? Go slow. I would say go slow. And if somebody wants to go faster, go even slower. Then there was Angela's dating app story. I get a video. He sends me a video that's not even the pictures of the guy that I, in the profile. So, and, and somebody else. And the person is, is talking. And no, the person is, is lip syncing. Like the voice didn't match what, like, I don't know who the video was of, it was, the video was not of him. It was of somebody else. I don't know who it was, but it wasn't even like the, the voice wasn't, it was almost like, it was almost like subtitles. It was almost like, a, like when your movie is dubbed into another Some language. Some of my favorite movies in Chinatown in the eighties were like that. <laughs> that's, exa that's exactly what I got. I was just like, I was, I was like, it was just so ridiculous to me. I was like, how could, the, I, and I just remember, I just remember being like, I just like, I just texted back. I was like, I, you know, I, I'm just like, I, that's sad that, you know, I thought you were somebody else and this is just like, this just whatever. <laughs> and we heard Amanda's creepy story of cyber stalking. What if he somehow, I mean, he has, he has a cybersecurity company, right? I'm like, would it be possible for him to have gotten into my phone and see that I've been sexting and that's why he's not responding to me. I just, I just have the weirdest feeling and I call my best friend. And I'm like, do you think that this is possible? Because I just, and she knows everything that's been going on. I said, do you think this is possible? Cause I just, I don't know. I just, I feel like sick about it for some reason right now. She's like, I don't think that you can do that. She says, let me call uh, my cyber friend and I'll get back to you. So she texts me and she's like, she screenshots the message that she has with her, her cyber tech friend that says, yeah, that can be done. I mean, I don't know why someone would go through the trouble of doing that, but it happens all the time. I mean, if you're in cybersecurity, you know how to do it. And so, yeah, sure. I mean, you could have probably done it. And so now I'm like, oh my gosh, I wonder if this, if this is why I haven't heard from him. And he sees that I've now been sexting somebody when I've been telling him that he's the only person I'm talking to. And now there's, you know, two people in the mix. And so now I'm kind of paranoid. It sounds like Jason Bourne might have installed spyware on your phone. Now, Travis, a question to you before Amanda continues. 
And that is, can you install spyware remotely or do you actually have to have access to the phone in order, this for our listeners, access to the phone in order to be able to put spyware on it? Well, for something that could take uh, that much control over your phone, we have heard things about the Pegasus spyware, for instance, but that's really, really high level. That's the sort of thing that they've gotten into um, journalists and politicians and the like. I don't really know how um, advanced uh, this uh, cybersecurity guy, the Jason Bourne, is here. So we know that there there is, in the case of the Pegasus spyware, something that can get onto an iPhone and uh, can pretty much take full control over it and intercept just about anything. Um, and it's called a zero-click malware because all you need to do is get a text from it. Um, but again, that would be a pretty refined, like, government-level um, uh, uh, form of spyware. Okay, so, but Travis. Yep. Adam. Bo. You've met Amanda, Adam. Travis, you see Amanda now on, mm-hmm. on the Zoom screen where we're talking to Amanda. Sure. Amanda, uh, I have a partner. This is no flirtation, is a very refined woman. So oh it's quite possible she may have attracted, we're not wrong, Jason Bourne, and that this guy had access to something like Pegasus. And it's quite also quite possible that Lira Cripta, ICM, uh, the guy from Italy, also, we don't know if he was a high-level crypto guy. He may have right. been one of the original crypto guys. And if he is one of the original crypto guys, he's got chops. Mm. And if he's got that kind of dough, because we're talking $100 million, Pegasus is a cheap date. And, yeah. if you're, and if you're also a bit of a psycho, it's a fun date because you can spy on everybody. So um, no, no offense, Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne, listen, you know what? I have such a boring life. Leave me alone. But... Uh, <laughs> 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 it is, so, but it is the case of one of those things of saying, you know, it would be hard to get a rocket launcher than saying, well, the guy is a gun dealer. Then you're like, well, that would make it a little bit easier on that note. The one thing that we have not had more than one of, for which I'm thankful, is the evil clown attack. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Roy's story from our first episode. It was right before the inauguration, I think when Parler got kicked off of their own um, their own app was shut down by, I don't know, was it Amazon or Apple? Everyone kind of shut them down. And it was in the news that everyone from Parler was migrating to Telegram. So just was doing a search for like Parler on, on Telegram and saw like, I mean, it was like tens of thousands of people filling up these rooms and just wanted to kind of observe. I had never been on Parlor, so just wanted to observe the kind of crazy QAnon chat going into what was a really scary inauguration, just, you know, and um, being in those rooms was just a little too tempting to get into conversations with people. Um, it went from lurking to trolling. I mean, I got kicked out of like room after room and we go to like a different parlor room. <laughs> um, but you just, were being, you were being very, very provocative as I recall. I, I mean, yeah, we were like, uh, like the, my pillow guy, he's not even giving the troops pillows, like just freaking out over things. It just, it's like trying to be as funny as possible. Um, and then they would just, they'd out us. 
gotten kicked out of like the really bigger rooms and was just then I couldn't even find any more parlor rooms. So I went to look for different QAnon rooms and I saw one and it had, it was like maybe 20 or 30 people, same routine, like just was troll posting. And there were these crazy like gifts I'd never seen, like evil clowns with their arms and like jaws opening. And I mean, that to me seemed like it could have been uh, some kind of virus, but in any case, so I'm posting, posting, posting. They're like, you know, yelling back at me, this or that. Then all of a sudden I see a picture posted and it was a picture of me that doesn't exist on the internet. That's like only on my phone and my computer. You spending any more time trolling uh, Trumpies and anti-vaxxers? No, after that, never again. I'm not antagonizing any QAnoners or... Um, no more evil uh, clowns then. Yeah, yeah. Did I did have some it? weird charges on a credit card, but I, I don't think it was QAnon related. Um, just saying. Yeah. Like, did you buy a Trump shirt or something? What What was it? It was um, it was Sam's Club. What is that? Is that like a Costco or something? It's something yeah. I don't belong to. Yeah. And yeah. there were like three forty nine ninety nine charges in a row. Uh, like, that know. sounds like a pretty typical somebody got your credit card number scam. Yeah, well, they no, sent I... me a warning thinking I get double charged. And I was like, I don't even belong to Sam's Club. No, but I do thank you for letting me use your credit card when I went over uh, there. <laughs> And the T-shirts are great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we neglected to tell you that the whole. You remember, I was on that Telegram thread with you, trolling the QAnon people. Yeah. But I was actually there hacking your computer so that Adam could get your credit card number so that he could spend forty nine ninety nine at Sam's Club. Six months later. So yeah, that's he... how it works. You do it later so that they can't tell. Because as we say, the family that spends together ends together. So, hey. <laughs> All right. So did you learn anything from the show other than that you're never going to troll the bad guys again or the good guys or whoever the guys are? Um, I don't think so, no. <laughs> I mean, I haven't been following, like, the computer hygiene you suggested, like, shutting everything down every night. It's just too, too much effort to put in a million passwords every morning and open like the 20 screens I have open. So password manager, password manager. I mean, Safari does it for me quite a lot. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but so still tell us that you at least have an extremely, extremely complex Apple password. Um. <laughs> No. Yeah, no, I never remember it. I'm, I'm resetting it all the time. It's right. Bo, right? Bo's We're going to have to beep this whole thing. Like, bleep, this whole thing <laughs> has to be beeped. Come on, Roy. <laughs> like all my right. Apple ID, you mean? Yeah. We're going to yeah. have to make Roy t-shirts and sell them from the site, Adam. Yeah, and the slogan is going to be, make cyber great again. Yeah, or don't be like Roy. Roy. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Right. Well, Instead of like that, as long as I'm not that, antagonizing the QAnoners, it seems like I'm pretty safe out there. Like they pretty much know. antagonize themselves, so I wouldn't, you know. Well, no, but I don't. I I do. I'm, I'm going to put a bet down now, Roy. First of all, thanks for coming. It is nice of you to come and drink sarsaparilla with us on your uh, 
on your work day, but I want to um, just put a chit on the table. Excuse yeah. me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to come back as a guest. We're going to get another good story. Oh, without without question. 100%. Travis? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Sounds like uh-huh. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that we haven't had more. I mean, just the, the, I, I think it's worth uh, remembering, though, that steganography, whether it's a, you know, roof lizards, roof lizard, yeah, but the, I mean, at any rate, the steganography attack, that's a real thing. And I'm actually kind of surprised we haven't heard about more of those. So here's the deal. I use Yahoo Finance. I use it to make money because it works, not just because they're a sponsor of the show. Heck, I've been using them for years before they ever called to become a sponsor. I do a lot of investing, and I need to make split-second financial decisions, and that's where Yahoo Finance comes in. I trade stocks, and I trade options, and you can't trade them in a vacuum. You've got to know what's going on. Yahoo Finance gives you the opportunity to look at the whole picture. I mean, breaking news, editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts. I love the customizable charts. They have it all. At Yahoo Finance, I'm part of a community of over 90 million users. You heard me. 90 million folks use Yahoo Finance because they're helping you on your way to financial success. Visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com, yahoofinance.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We've also had a fair number of experts on the show. Oh, that's always why don't you like toot your you own mean, horn you there? Us? Yeah. Experts. <laughs> experts. No, expert experts. No, it's like, true. It's it's true. And, uh, you know, um, from Jeff, the, the head of security at Avast. So this big drive by Microsoft and Google and Apple to get people to do it another way. Yep. Uh, how do you feel about that one? Uh, so I'm absolutely in favor of it. I think the passwordless is a very powerful way to get away from uh, a fundamental technology challenge. You know, my- Jeff, 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 yes. did you see the big Lebowski? Dude, hold my drink. <laughs> Dude. Well, you remember the nihilists and they said, you know, they, she, she cut her pinky off. Um, you remember them? Like what well, people are going to start cutting people's thumbs off. I disagree. I don't see the thumb cutting. Jeff is, coming. Jeff is, a, Jeff is stunned by the level of stupidity. Maybe, I just threw at him. Maybe it was a pinky out. toe for the record. It I, was uh, actually popular singer, Amy Mann's uh, toe. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Amy. I, I think your scoring of actual risks uh, doesn't put that one at the top of the list. You know, if Whatever. You, if you've got a situation where a criminal has the ability to cut off your finger, they can compel you to enter your password in lots of other ways. Not if they're not Jack Bauer. Stare at this 
cell phone. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We let him answer. Now I'll stop interrupting. Why do you think it's a good thing, and how will they do it? Is it biometrics? Is it a token? What is it? I, it well, I think there's multiple ways to do it: biometrics, token. But I think the the really important aspect of it is, is getting to that idea of self sovereignty. That, that I control my identity. I don't have to have my identity on a hundred different sites. I don't have to have my personal information on a hundred different sites. I control it. I control where it goes. You know, right now, if I order something on Amazon, they have my password, they have my address, they have my credit card number, they have my order history and all the things that go along with it. And then in fulfilling that order, they give my address name and, and other information to UPS so that they can deliver it. They give information to Visa so they can process the transaction. And so there's all of this information that's going to multiple parties. And that's even before we start to get to the ad tracking and, and the cookies and, and things where, where my preferences and, and actions are being profiled. But, but if I've got all of this controlled on my own device in a tightly encrypted manner, um, and I choose where it goes, then, then I don't have to worry about that onward transfer. You know, UPS doesn't need to know of anything other than my address to deliver me a package. They need to know that it's authorized, that, that it should be going to my address, uh, but they don't need to know my name even. They, they don't need to know what's in the box. They don't need to know anything like that. Visa doesn't need to know anything except I need money. I need money from Jeff, and and here's the amount, and it's approved. And Amazon. I kind of love to, this. You're make you're selling it, man. You're and Amazon, it. you know, Amazon doesn't need to know my credit card. They only need to know that Visa says, yeah, he's good for it. Go ahead. So, so this idea of not having all of this sensitive and personal information stored in a hundred different places in order to do the things that we do every single day reduces the risk overall. So I think there's a, a real power in putting things into the control of the individual, as long as the software providers make it easy for the individual to do the right thing. Jeff Williams, you just knocked it out of the park. I am no, I am, I now belong to the church of your way of looking at this. No, we have always said that there's a shared responsibility and the individual plays a critical role in cybersecurity and in cyber hygiene. So we're, we're all, it's just the, this is the same choir. Yeah, we're all singing together. I, here. Absolutely. I, I think it's some, I think it's something that uh, people tend to overlook where they look at um, the Venn diagram between privacy and security as being uh, not a lot of overlap, but at the same time, yeah, I, I think you're uh, completely spot on here where um, your privacy is a matter of security because the fact that when you know who has access to your information, that uh, <laughs> lets you know who is uh, able to uh, access your accounts. Yeah, there was Jeff Williams, the head of Avast, and then there was your old buddy, Brian. Brian Ebert, former chief of staff of the United States Secret Service. Boy, the stories he could tell that he won't. <laughs> One of the first cases that I was involved with, I wasn't the case agent on it, but I helped out with it as a real junior agent. So this is like 1992. We call it the Fredericks of Hollywood case because there were folks that served as operators that you 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 could call in to Fredericks of Hollywood to buy lingerie or whatever tickle your fancy from that uh, from that company, and they were um, capturing all the credit card numbers from customers that were buying the from uh, from Fredericks of Hollywood. And, the, and sell them in bulk to other bad guys who would, again, encode and emboss them on the counterfeit cards and use them to buy, to do cash advances or to do uh, high dollar purchases for items that they could turn around and fence. 
We also talked with the host of the podcast Darknet Diaries, Jack Resider. Jack, when you were making these videos, were you tracking stats like how many viewers, what your growth was? Were you really trying to grow an audience? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wanted to. Because, you know, the, the real question here, and, and somebody with your background would absolutely know this cold, but, you know, how do you balance being a public figure with being safe and secure? Yeah, I think... Uh, uh, you you want to use your name as least amount as possible, right? So use a fake name if you can. Um, don't provide details such as your location, your age, your interest, your family status, who you're related to, who your friends are even, um, because, you know, people can target them to try to get to you and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, you just kind of want to really pull back on all the possible things and just talk about... <laughs> very common things like the weather online if you're on social media and stuff, right? Uh, because the more you divulge about yourself, the more that somebody can build some sort of targeting package to you. And when you have situations like where people are, you know, saying that they're in, in Bitcoin investors or, or they're big into Ethereum or something, well, now you know that this person probably has a lot of Bitcoin and you can say, all right, well, how can I social engineer this this person to get what I need out of them. And people have lost millions of dollars in Bitcoin this way. So you've, you've got to kind of see what could potentially go wrong. Like, you, you know, sometimes you have something that other people think is valuable and they, if they can steal it digitally or um, even uh, pressure you into um, just giving money because, you know, they've conned you. Um, you know, I've seen catfishing scams and stuff like this where People are like, well, now I have your, <laughs> now I have your photos. Give me five hundred dollars, or else I'm going to publish it to the world. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's a dangerous world. So I just try to stay out of that light and just have like a professional um, persona that I put out there instead, which doesn't always match my real persona. And so, yeah, a couple times I wasn't street smart enough and made some wrong moves, and some fingers got in my wallet and took things out. Now, are these like uh, are these hacks, or are they social engineering, or is it neither? Just kind of scumbaggery. Well, I think this is where we're going in as far as digital cybercrime. It's a combination between social engineering and hacking, and I think if you leverage the two, you can really be you can make millions of dollars of this. Um, yeah, I mean, social engineering is just going so far right now. We we have a lot of flaws in our coding and in, in our psyche in our psyche that tricks us into doing a lot of things that are stupid so yeah i think social engineering is the main thing going on and we learned about social engineering from jordan harbinger i imagine this whole experiment taught you a lot about how people react in these type of scam situations yeah what were some of the things you learned that have really stuck with you so there were a couple of things that i used that worked almost every time in in rapport, if you disclose first, other people will open up. And those are like trust triggers. So if I say, oh, man, you know, I really I'm afraid to go work out there. I'm going to be all alone. I don't know anyone in Indiana. What am I going to do? I feel like maybe I should just stay in California. And the person would say, you know, I also am pretty lonely out here. I'm not getting along well with my significant other. And, you know, it'd just be great to have somebody in the office that I can relate to because everybody's so left brained. And I'm like. This guy's basically telling me stuff that he would not want anybody at his office to know and certainly wouldn't want his family to know. And 
now he's of course going to trust me with something else that is not shareable, right? And it, so it shifts when you disclose first and you're using rapport. It shifts from someone violating a policy that they should know better to helping somebody in need. And also, the other takeaway is people go, I would never fall for that. I Bear in mind, I'm getting one or two nuggets from each person, and then I'm backing way off. You know, we might be talking about McDonald's filet fish for the next two weeks, uh, two or three messages back and forth after you gave me your office phone number or the project type or where the test thing is that you're located at and you feel isolated from your family. You know, that kind of stuff was gold. And then you didn't want to just dive in and keep doing more and more and more. Maybe a spy would, but also I think a spy actually might back off and say, this person trusts me. If I dig even more, their BS detectors might go off and then they're going to be like, uh oh, what, what am I doing? And the list goes on. It's been a fun year, I have to say. Agreed. Let's play round robin what you hope to get from a guest this year. I go first because I go first because I'm bobo, 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 bo. Um, I want to hear a story about a hack that occurred because an employee snuck in malware on a USB drive and intentionally infected a network. That's the story I want to hear. That is very specific. I haven't, we haven't heard that story yet, and I love stories like that. I love them. So in other words, we have to line up nuclear engineers from an Iranian facility. Nah, nah, nah. It could be, it could be like a shoe store. I don't care. But the, the <laughs> idea being that it, it happened with a hardware attack is what I want. I want to hear about like mm-hmm. an, a bad employee doing a hardware attack. And obviously, I don't want to hear from the bad employee. So if you think, I'm going to get on the show by doing an attack on my company, you're just going to jail. I want to talk to somebody who experienced the attack, um, to be clear. I actually want to have a heart to heart conversation with a real live, no kidding, not so white hat hacker to get Me too. their Me perspective too. on mm. things. Can you put, can we pay, like we, we not so, not so um, ethically offered a hacker who was trying to scam me money to come on the show and he declined. Thomas so, just didn't do it. Thomas Davis. That's yeah. right. So I, I don't know if we're gonna make that happen, Adam, but that is actually, I take it back, Adam's wish is also mine. Travis? I'd really like to be able to talk to someone who's uh, experienced a hack from a foreign government. Ooh. Because so many of the things that we talk about are uh, scams, and uh, it's not to say they're all the same. I mean, every story has been different, but they tend to follow a lot of similar beats to one another. Maybe I could uh, get Vladimir Putin to come on. He he would be the perpetrator, though. He's not busy right now, so we could talk to him. So if by any chance you're any of the people we just described, and you know who you are, Please get in touch with us. We would love to hear from you. We would love to have you on the show. We don't have to identify you. We don't have to uh, have you use your real voice. I mean, we'll, we, you can be anonymous. We won't even try to hack you. Speaking of which, if someone from anonymous would like to come on the show, we'd like to have them too. That would yeah. be 100%. Yeah. Or if you've had any hacks or scams happen to you, we'd love to have you on and hear your story. In fact, if, if you're someone who tried to get Vaseline for under $7 a gallon, we'd like to hear from you as well. So if you wanna, if you wanna submit uh, a story idea for the show, 
You should just send a dog uh, over to Adam's house with uh, the idea tied to its collar. And uh, Adam loves dogs, especially if they look like scorpions. If you, if you have a story and you want to tell it to us, go to adamlevin.com. There's a huge banner there, and it says, tell us your story. And it, if you click it, you're not going to get malware. You're just going to get a form, and you're going to get to tell us the story. And we really do read everything that comes through that form. So. No, we don't. Travis mm. does. Yeah. Listen, everyone who's listening, everyone who has listened, and everyone who's dreaming about the possibility of listening to What the Hack with Adam Levin one day, because we are your destination for enlightenment. Wow. Would you get on with it? Okay. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I really want to thank everybody. It means an enormous amount to me. Uh, to my wife, to my child, to my unborn children. He's doing it again. Adam. What? Sorry. Take your Adderall and stay on task. <laughs> to everyone who's listening and everyone who's been supportive of us and given us wonderful reviews and ratings. Wow. <laughs> just say thank you. Can you just say thank you? All right. Everyone who you has listened to this show, I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a terrific first year. I've had a ball. I hope you've enjoyed this show, and I, I look forward to entertaining you more, enlightening you more, inspiring you more in the year to come. And all you guys out there who are thinking about starting their own podcast, let this be a lesson to you about podcasting and drinking at the same time it really is it's a tragedy it's a horrible thing when somebody just really gets in their cups and then they decide to just I'm let so it all loose sober. <laughs> <laughs> i i just want to join you in saying yeah it has been totally fun and i look forward to another year of fascinating stories Thanks to everyone who's tuned in to listen to us. We hope you've enjoyed it half as much, at least, as uh, we've had making the show. Bye-bye. Once in a lifetime, there comes a moment, a wonderful moment when ratings take your hand. And this is our moment are once in a lifetime. I need ratings, please. Ratings. What the Hack with Adam Levin is a production of Loud Tree Media. It's produced by Andrew Stephen, the man with two first names. You can find us online at loudtreemedia.com and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Adam K. Levin. Travis Taylor. Travis Taylor. Travis Taylor. Go on, Travis. Yes, I am indeed blushing. You're awesome, Travis. Here we go. This is what the hack with Adam Levin. Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. Bye.